0: Welcome to The Pulse, where we delve deep into the issues and ideas that are shaping the future of education. I'm your host, Rick Cernsey, Superintendent of the Putnam County School District, and each week we'll be talking to teachers, administrators, and other experts in the field about the latest trends, best practices, and most pressing concerns in education. Whether you're a teacher, a parent, or just someone who cares about education, this podcast is for you. So sit back, Relax and let's dive into the pulse. I want to welcome you to our podcast that we have from time to time, and we interview people in our school district and our community and really talk about those things that are important to Putnam County and the people who serve our community. And today I'm very proud to announce that I have three distinguished members from our community who. Uh, some of them work in the school district and some don't, but they're here today to talk about Black History Month and some of the celebrations that we have coming up uh, here in Palatka and Putnam County. So what I'm going to do is ask uh, our three distinguished guests if they would just introduce themselves, maybe give us a little bit of background about what you do, and then uh, we'll uh, have a little conversation about Black History Month coming up. So I'm sure you will going to lead us off.
1: Good morning, so my name is Sheree Clayton and I'm our ELL support leader for the district. So I support our ELL program for our students that are learning English as a second language.
0: Thank you, welcome.
2: Hello, my name is Justin Campbell. I am the community liaison for the Putnam County School District and I am also a city commissioner here in the city of Palacca.
3: Good morning, I'm Terrell Hill. I'm an attorney here in Palacca. I've been practicing since 1999. And I was also the mayor of the city of Palaka from 2015 to 2023.
0: Well, welcome all three of you. And I'm very pleased to have you here and just look forward to sharing um, a lot of the events happening with Black History Month. So, Shree, would you like to lead us off and talk to us about some of the, the events that are coming up soon? And then we can maybe dig down deeper into some of those events.
1: Okay, great. So we are excited to be having our third year with our district Black History Program, Our inaugural Black History Program started. Um, We had a discussion panel with some of our community members who came in and discussed um, our local history here in Putnam County. Um, Last year, we had our former Mayor Hill. He came and also presented some local history as well as Yule McNair. Um, This year, we're excited to host it again. We'll be having our event on Friday, February 16th at 1030 here at CL Overturf District Center. We will also be live streaming the event as well so that students that aren't able to come are able to watch it in their classrooms. Um, Some of the events that are taking place across our school district on the campuses include, but are not limited to, um, we have several um, schools that are having guest speakers come in and discuss local history as well as um, readings to highlight African-American authors. Um, Some of our schools are also doing daily trivia, soul food luncheons, wax museums, research projects for our students. Um, Again, just to highlight um, music, dance, art, and of course food. So we're just excited um, to be in our third year with our district um, black history program.
0: That's great. And I think I've I've attended each of them. And uh, I really enjoyed last year. Uh, Terrell, you're a wealth of history. Yes a wealth of knowledge about the history of Palatka and especially a lot of the, uh, the baseball history that you and I have talked about a lot. So um, I know you shared that last year, and it was very meaningful. But what are some things that come to mind when we talk about black history in Putnam County? What are some things that really uh, come to mind that we want to make sure our young people know about?
3: Well, I think the first thing we got to learn about black history in Palatka is in Putnam County as a whole is that some of the greatest leaders throughout the country have come from here. Um, a. Philip Randolph, for example, is a Crescent City native, uh, and he was the leader of labor union re- reform mm-hmm. throughout the country. He also organized the March on Washington. So we've got a Putnam County person who was at the forefront advising Dr. King on the marches on Washington. You've got John Henry Pop lloyd who's the grandfather of baseball mm-hmm. and the Negro League. He's born here in Palaka in 1988, and he came back, and he, got, he brought Lefty Turner to the Negro mm-hmm. League who was one of my mentors, um, you look at what's going on, you got Mary Lawson Brown's grandmother, Mary Lawson, who was with Mary McLeod Bethune, and mm-hmm. they organized uh, Polacka Mission School, 1899 to 1903, and all girls college in downtown Polacka on 8th and St. John's. Um, they also worked very well um, with Eleanor Roosevelt in fighting for women's rights. And so you have individuals who are icons nationally, who were right here in Putnam County. And I think a lot of times it's important for our citizens to understand just how great these individuals were and the fact that they walked the same grounds that we walk and that there's an opportunity for them to have the same impacts on the world.
0: And we've heard a couple of those names you said, like A. Philip Randolph, who is uh, well-known in American history. Actually, uh, at a future podcast, I'll be interviewing Angel Duke, mm-hmm. who actually runs the uh, A. Philip Randolph Center in Crescent right. City. And, of course, um... Ms. Bethune, actually, we heard of Bethune-Cookman, actually helped found that college. Is that correct? Absolutely. correct. And it, and so Palatka is considered to be the, the, the
3: founding ground for the, for the university. Um, you know, Commissioner Campbell also went to school there.
0: But tell us about that. What does it mean to you, especially going to school at Bethune-Cookman, and knowing that the founder of Bethune-Cookman actually came from Palatka or lived in Palatka at one time? Well, it holds a, a special place um, on
2: campus of Bethune-Cookman. When we were there, quite a few students from Palaka High School that graduated from Putnam County um, also attended during that time as well. Um, and we always we always made sure that people knew we were from Palaka. Mm-hmm. Um And we also made sure that they knew where the school actually got its founding, um, where it was founded at. So um, it held a special place. And to know that how um, we walked the same grounds as she did um, and to know how she was a pivotal person in the area of academics and just to be able to um, be a part of that history
0: definitely was mind-blowing. So, yeah. Very good. And, you know, being the uh, the superintendent of schools, I'm always looking for ways that we can integrate different cultures and and really celebrate um, the, the different people who make up our school district. And I think it's so important that our young people understand the history and the background. And that's why, um, and I'm a former history teacher, so I I, I definitely have a a sympathy towards that. What is one thing that we want to convey to not only our black students, but also all of our students about the importance of black history in not only here in Florida, but the United States? I would say
2: along those lines, that we have a rich history um, and we're not limited to just sports. Um, We have a very diverse uh, background when it comes down to uh, everything, uh, lawyers, doctors, um, that we're not just limited. Oftentimes when we talk about uh, history. We talk about those who are involved in sports. We talk about those kind of things, but I want people to know that we have a great history in music. We we also know that gospel music is one of those things where um, we all can relate to music in general is something that's a universal language and different things like that. So not to be limited to a certain category, but we have a diverse backing of just success in all
0: areas. Well said. Carol, you want to add anything to that? I think the most
2: important thing to
3: understand is that black history is american history and when we look at black history we look at the contributions of african americans um, throughout america as a whole from technology when we look at most significant inventions that came through america many of those were created by black inventors when we look at our governmental aspects of it we'll see that we've got supreme court justices we've got governors we've got different people who are all a part of american history and we're great contributors from entertainment and athletics to soul food to whatever the aspects are you'll see that within the American culture that you'll see a large contribution being made by individuals who are African American, but it's not just to be celebrated by the African American community, it's to be celebrated by America as a whole. And it's highlighting the ability to overcome obstacles in order for us to receive, um, to, to exceed expectations in so many ways. But the other part of it is, is when you start to understand different cultures it makes you better as a person. It makes your entities better. And so that's the piece, I think, that has to be there. You know, I always say that Putnam County is just like baseball. We never know how good it'll be until you let everybody play.
0: Hmm. That's good. Very good. You know, I I used to be the principal of local middle school called Robert H. Jenkins Jr. Middle School. And now, since uh, Jenkins is no longer operational, we've actually, uh, the school board voted to name one of our elementary schools in interlocking. Where he actually grew up. So, you know, uh, just uh, talking about Robert H. Jenkins Jr., what do uh, you talk about the significance of Black Americans and how they contributed to American history? What does the name Robert H. Jenkins Jr. mean to our community? I, I'll say that when you hear the story, and for those who don't know the story, Robert H. Jenkins
3: Jr. was a private first class who dove on a grenade in order to save his fellow man. And the soldier that he saved at that time, for lack of any other term, was a white soldier who was in the same bunker that he was in. The beauty of the story is the soldier named his first child after Robert H. Jenkins. But he also committed the rest of his life to making sure that the name Robert H. Jenkins wasn't lost. And so what it says is that regardless of what we look like, regardless of what characteristics we have from a personal standpoint, if we just love one another and we treat that individual as our brother and we make the ultimate sacrifices,
0: then we're going to always be remembered. Well said. And you know, it's funny when I was um, a principal there, I was one day after school, I was in my office and they said some gentleman from Atlanta was here to see me. And I know I probably mentioned his you, but, and if you recall his name, let me know, but he came in there and he brought a cane with him and uh, completely caught me by surprise. And he told me his name, but he said that he had served alongside Robert H. Jenkins in Vietnam and was not in his same platoon. He was actually in a separate platoon. And he said it was one interesting thing is you made real close friends with people outside of your platoon. Because if you got to know those in your platoon, if you got too close to them and they were lost or killed in battle, it would have a bigger impact on you. So long story short, he came in and brought a cane that Robert H. Jenkins actually carved himself out of tiki wood, which is a wood that's, you know, native to Vietnam. And he told, you know, he made the promise that before he died, before this gentleman would die, he would bring this to Robert H. Jenkins' family. He did not know where they lived, but he saw, he looked, I guess, on the Internet and saw Robert H. Jenkins' middle school and brought it to us. And since that time, we've had ceremonies and and what a neat story. I mean, 50 years later, he's fulfilling that promise. And, um, I mean, it almost makes me tear up just thinking about it, but that's one of the last things he wanted to do while he was still alive is to deliver that to Robert's family. So, so Shree, tell us about what all is going to be involved in the celebration this year. I think you touched on it a few minutes ago, but uh, I know there will be some food and there will be some art. And uh, can you kind of elaborate on uh, – what visitors might see of that. I know many of our school children will be there. Mm -hmm. and uh, So tell us a little more about it.
1: So Mr. Campbell and myself, we have been working with our schools. Each one of them have a liaison to relay the district information and our initiative for the Black History Celebration at the school level. And I think every one of us have touched on what we want our students to take from um, this month's experience is – definitely highlighting our local history. Like we said, we want to want them to focus on Robert H. Jenkins. We also want our Middleton Bernie peeps to focus on um, Mr. Bernie as well as um, Mr. Randolph.
2: The showcase of that day is going to be a mixture of, it's going to be more of a, like a celebration. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to have people, um, students, who are going to do spoken word. We're going to have dancing. We're going to have singing. We're going to have food. And we know soul food has been um, near and dear to our culture for years. So those are some of the things that they're going to anticipate seeing uh, at the actual celebration. And that stems from what they're doing on their local campuses. So we have mostly who's doing soul food luncheons. They're doing something every week. You have um, different schools are going to showcase their um, person or what they're learned on their specific campuses. It's all going to be show, pl- showcased on displays at the CELO Center. So we're excited. This is our third year and each year it just gets better and better.
1: And I think this year, what we wanted to create this year before, we've always had a, a speaker mm-hmm. to highlight the history. But this year we wanted our students to dive in, in the research of the local as well as, you know, our world history as well, um, so that they can showcase that for our school district. So I think that's the big um, highlight for this year.
2: And we're just grateful to have uh, community members, com- community leaders to buy in. Um, as stated previously, um, former Mayor Hill was our speaker last year, and he made a promise to us um, to be a sponsor. Um, so without community members like that stepping up to want to push this forward, we um, I mean, we'll have it, but it won't be as great. And so we're grateful just to have a buy-in from our community as
0: well. Well, let me ask you that, kind of, uh, you know, to go along with that. If a community member or anyone in the audience that's listening to the podcast, if they want to get involved and maybe support, give me some idea of what they would do. What would be their next step? So overall, what we're doing,
2: um, it's not just limited to Black History. We do Hispanic um, Heritage Month as well. Um, And it's a group of core people, myself, um, Ms. Clayton, um, Ashley uh, McCool, Sarah Mm -hmm. Jean McDaniel. We're the face of that as of now. And so get in where you fit in and basically help us work. Mm -hmm. We want to make sure that as we grow and as we go, that we reach as many, not only uh, students, but community members as well. We wanna make sure that we celebrate the different diversities of different cultures in our community. So they may have an idea that, hey, you do Black History Month, you do Hispanic Heritage Month, maybe you should do this. We're looking to grow. But again, if they are interested, definitely reach out to myself, uh, Ms. Clayton, uh, Ms. McCool, Ms. McDaniel, and let us know what you want to do. We have community members that decorate for the event. Miss mm-hmm. Cornelia Foreman is uh she has she's a local business owner. She decorates for the event. We have Miss Sunshine Neely who provides signs. So you you may have a service if you are a food truck or something like that, um, and you specify you specialize in certain
0: things. We'll we'll welcome you. So there's definitely work for everyone to do. You know, one thing that um, another event we have coming later—I forget the exact date—but is we do the we're sponsoring the Girls Can event mm-hmm. this year, and I know we've had the Boys Can, and to me, just to. You know, to kind of correlate that to what we're talking about, it's so important that we see adults who have been successful in their field who are all from all different walks of life. And I believe the girls can event that's coming up is going to be very representative of our community in all different aspects. But what I'd like to hear from you three, and y'all are very prominent in our community and in the school district, and, you know, Mayor Hill's been very successful in in the legal practice and in government – What does black history mean to you personally? How have you maybe, how has that helped motivate you to be where you are today? Kind of a personal story, if you will. And that's kind of one I hit, kind of uh, hit you with by surprise. But what might you tell uh, or share with other young folks who may look at you as an inspiration? And what could you share about what inspired you to be where you are now? whether you can tie that into black history or not, but I think it's really important that we all have, that we're all role models and share those successes and stories. So uh, any of you? I'll, I'll, I'll start it out since I'm the oldest
3: out of these <laughs> three. Um, again, going back to Lefty Turner. And Lefty Turner was a Negro League all-star who had a smile that could light up a room, and he walked around all the time. Uh, he rode his bicycle, mm-hmm. and you would always see him in town. But he traveled with, the baseball team, the football team, with everyone else. And he was, the, um, he was my neighbor, and he lived about two blocks away from us. But if you went to his house, this little old man who was very who, – who blended in with everybody else who wasn't trying to be in the spotlight, he was an icon. So when we went to his house, he'd have pictures of Sammy, with him with Sammy Davis Jr., with John F. Kennedy, um, Wilt Chamberlain, um, Duke Ellington, Cab Calloway, his house was a museum and he actually worked for the recreation department for a little bit. Mm -hmm. And Fred Greenfield was his field. And so he ran the summer lunch program as a free lunch program dedicated. And we as kids would go there. And if you went every day, they took you to Walt Disney world and they took us there and he sponsored that and the same little guy on the bicycle sponsored it. But when we began to talk, he talked about his stories with John Henry Pop Lloyd, and he said how Pop came back and reached back and took him with him when he played for the Homestead Grades and the Pittsburgh Crawfords and the Baltimore Elite Giants who were all Negro League teams. So as I started getting recruited in football um, about 100 pounds ago, um, <laughs> Mr. Lefty was like, hey, all these schools are recruiting you. And it was during a time where black quarterbacks were not as well-received in college football as they are today. And so I, I ran into a whole bunch of obstacles from um, power five schools that didn't necessarily believe that a black quarterbacks should play um, at their schools at that time. And they wanted to transition me to other positions. Well, Mr. Lefty said, go to Howard. It's the black Harvard. He said, when I was in Baltimore, he said, my cousin was in medical school there. He said, and I would oftentimes visit. And he said, you know, with your grades, it's the black Harvard. You need to go there and just visit. So I had five visits and I chose one of my visits to be to Howard University and kind of like. Uh, the Dr. Seuss story. I'm the country cat in the big city. And so (laughs) when I get there, I thought I'd gone all over town and I'd never left campus, but I was so astonished at the history that I, that I just saw. And um, so as a result of Lefty Turner encouraging me, and he says, um, he says, Terrell, if when you get there, he said, players of your caliber don't oftentimes go to HBCUs and play football. And so we see with Coach Prime what's happening now mm-hmm. um, from Jackson State on to Colorado. But he said, he said, they're gonna offer you a scholarship just because of your skills. He said, but you're gonna learn so much more about your history just by going there. And so as a result, I went to Howard University, got two degrees. Um, it was a blessing for me because I tell people all the time, Howard University taught me what it was to be a black man in America. Mm-hmm. And that happened because Lefty Turner exposed me to something different. My sister had gone to FAMU. Um, You know, I knew about Bethune-Cookman, I knew about the local schools, I knew about Florida Normal, which later became Florida Memorial University, and it was right in St. Augustine. But when I went to Howard, it opened windows and it opened doors and it allowed me to be able to come back and tell the same story to other kids who were walking the same streets. And so...
0: I did not know Lefty Turner actually inspired you to go to Howard. Absolutely. I knew you played at Howard. I didn't realize the, that story behind it. Listen, it, if it wasn't for
3: Lefty Turner, I would have never known where Howard University was. Mm. But he opened my eyes to a world that I had never seen before. And I, I'm always eternally grateful for it. And I, and I think the thing that I get most from Lefty Turner was, Lefty Turner was a superstar and an icon who walked around and never held his chest out. Yes. Like, look at me. Such what humility.
0: He, yeah, absolute humility, yeah. and he's just a great man. Wow, thank you for sharing that. And and you know, as I was listening to you, I know that some of your family also has been uh, very powerful in the the college and professional football world. You know, your brother-in-law, John L. Williams.
3: So John L. is uh, John L. Williams is um, a Hall of Fame type individual. Played here at Palaca High School was the number two player in the United States. Uh, became the first round draft choice with the Pittsburghs with the, well, the Seattle Seahawks in 1986. Mm-hmm. Um, he was the number 15 pick. But again, he grew up in public housing just like I did. Um, and from there he went on to the University of Florida where he was an All-American. And then he played 10 years in the NFL, and he amassed almost 10,000 yards for his career. And he's considered to be one of the greatest fullbacks to ever play the game. And again, an individual who walks with humility and, yep. and has recently um, had the, the John L. Williams um, Sports complex named after okay. him at Palaca High School. Mm-hmm. And again, that's a, that's a great recognition by Putnam County District Schools. And, um, you know, he's just another individual who walks daily, um, very unassuming, and just loves to fish and, and, <laughs> and work with kids. And he does so many things in this community silently that people
0: have no clue. And I know, I know his three kids pretty well. His twin boys I had at Jenkins, and of course, his daughter. Just earn her doctorate. She's got a doctorate in physical therapy, and she's
3: looking to come back home and work here in the community. That's great. Four-year, I guess a six-year All-American in basketball. Yep. And so uh, the same things, just um uh, lack of people who
0: yep. love this community and want to come back and serve. And, you know, just think about that, what Lefty Turner did for Mayor Hill, just uh, encouraging him. And Lefty Turner probably never realized, or maybe he did. I'm not sure what year he passed away, but much you realize that and how much what you say or what you do might inspire some other you know students so have y'all thought about some um personal ideas about so i'll go um when i think about black history and what it means to me it's a
2: story of overcoming overcoming absolutely everything that we're faced with diversity we're overcoming it and when i think about uh just if I bring it local, I think about the Mary Lawson Browns. I think about the Carl Flags. I think about the, the Mayor Hills. those who are in government. Um, as I stated, I'm a city commissioner, and one of the most well-known people, not only in Florida, but in the United States, is Mary Lawson Brown. Um, we can go to conferences. We can go near or far. Someone knows Mary Lawson Brown, and she made sure during her tenure as a city commissioner once we became elected, that we went into every room that she went in, that we served on the various boards that she served on. Why? Because it's all about networking, overcoming what we didn't have an opportunity um, at first. Um, She served on several boards, and as a result, we served on several boards. I now serve as the vice president of the Florida uh, black Caucus with local elected officials. Um, these are things that she had her hands in at the very foundation. And we're standing on the shoulders of the Mary Lawson Browns. We're standing on the shoulders of the flags. We're standing on the shoulders of the hills. I came. I became an elected fish, elected official at the age of twenty eight. So again, I was the one of the youngest in the room, if not the youngest. So I had to present myself a little bit different. But when I stood beside Miss Mary Lawson Brown, she did not make me feel as if I was a child. She didn't make me feel as if I was younger younger than her. She made me feel that I was her equal. And so when I think about Black history, I think of those stories of just overcoming what it is that we have been faced with as a culture for so many years. Even to this day, we're still trying to fight for our rightful place, not only in this world, but here locally. We're just fighting and we're overcoming everything that we're faced with. And I know that students, if we want to take it to the school level, students have a job of overcoming what it is that they're faced with. We have students who um, school is their release. We have a students when they go back home, they're going back home to impoverishment. They're going home to to all of these things. And we want to put paint the story that, listen, if I overcame, you too can overcome. So when I think about black history, when I think about it, it's just one of those things that's overly resounding
0: in my head is a story of overcoming. And I appreciate you saying that. And, and Mayor Lawson Brown is a dear friend of mine. And, of course, uh, you know, Mayor Hill talked about the, the number of facilities that are named after many of our members of our black community, like John L. Williams. Um, C.S. Belton. C.S. Belton. You got Robert H. Schengen School. Um, James A. Long. James A. Long, thank you. And, Mary and you got Mary Lawson Brown Marina, mm-hmm. right? So I love this community because they do honor those. No matter what their background, they honor those who have poured into our community. And that to me, that means a lot as a, an elected official just to see the richness in our community of diversity. so And we can't forget Willet Cooper.
3: Willet yeah. Cooper,
0: <laughs> yep. Named Coop, Bennett Cooper Field. Yep. Yeah, it could go on and on. I mean, we have so many um so many Black Americans who have made such an impact on this community and we could sit down and we just touched the surface. There are many, many more, but um thanks for reminding me about that because of course he passed away years ago before we had a chance to do that. But we also the city also renamed
3: the the old recreation building after him as well, and so he got a chance to to relive that honor.
0: Right, right. So he and he, he and coach Bennett Really worked hard on bringing our black and white students together at Black High. So I have another comment about that later. But Shree, what comes to mind as far as um, you know who who maybe inspired you or what what does Black History mean to you personally and in, in, um everything you've done?
1: Well, I think for me, um, I'm a little different from Mr. Campbell and Mr. Hill because my journey started in Crescent City. I am a graduate from Crescent City High School. And for me, black history just means valuing the uniqueness that each one of us brings to the table. Mm -hmm. Um, I think for me, um, I knew at an early age that I wanted to be a teacher. It started with Miss Duran at middleton Bernie, and I knew right then and there that I wanted to just have a positive impact on the lives of of students. And I think um, going to UNF in Jacksonville and then having that experience to be able to even study abroad— And then go on to get my master's and come back here and work and serve in the community that I grew up in I think that's that's just a highlight for me and um, that's what we I want to pour into our students continuously um, with our events like Mr. Campbell stated with our Hispanic Heritage Month and Black History Month we want to just continue to highlight that uniqueness that our students bring from their homes into the classroom so By having these events, we want our students to know that they matter and what they bring to the table matter. And we hope that we're sowing into them so that they see that they can go on to whether play football or go on to study abroad in China like Mr. Campbell or go to London and study abroad like myself and then come back and sow into the lives of our students. So that's what black history means. And and
0: all three of you have have gone off to college and you chose to come back here and that means a lot because you're trying to enliven this community, yet you have a different perspective because you've been outside of this community. But as uh, as you were talking about, um, like Coach Cooper, and it, it made me remember I met a uh, former superintendent um, who recently passed away. He was superintendent here in Putnam County in the 1960s during the integration of our schools. And, of course, I grew up during the 1960s, so it all really resonated with me. But – I can't imagine having my job now and trying to tackle that, you know, that issue. And it was a very turbulent time. But the one thing I want to mention that is a credit to our black community and our white community at that time is we were one of the first school districts in the entire state of Florida to voluntarily desegregate. Whereas many neighboring districts during that time had to be court ordered to desegregate. And we actually had a, um, a community made up of both black individuals and white individuals. And Terrell, help me out on some of the names here, but the Miller. The Miller. She yep. was one of the students right. that was the first uh, grade school. And Miss Gilliard, I think, was yep. also did that. But to me, they got together and really kind of laid the path for uh, our community to come together. And that was, um, and I remember because one of the um, one of the gentlemen. It, things were really tense at that time, as you can imagine. And I remember um, Dr. Martin Luther King was actually at a rally in St. John's County. You and I have talked about this before. Right. And this one of the gentlemen, he's a dentist, a black dentist. And, um, and I think, wasn't James A. Long on that? He was a doctor. So, but... James A. Long was a doctor, and his brother was a dentist. Okay. Well, one of them uh, actually... W- went over and spoke to Dr. King, and he was planning on coming over here and, you know, leading a rally. But I think the time was not real right for that. I mean, I think things are really tense. And he asked him if he could could delay that or just come at another time, and he agreed to do that. And the point was our group actually came together and actually were able to desegregate our schools and there wasn't any big you know uh, demonstrations or anybody got hurt or anything like that so well, that's also, kind of the short of it I think well,
3: well you also shared the de- desegregation plan that the school district had as a whole mm-hmm. so during that time you had call your blocker which was one of the one of 12 black junior colleges mm-hmm. um, and there was a task force that was put together to to really generate the documents that were there and you had individuals such as uh, miss DRC who actually volunteered Um, Mm -hmm. to to deal with the desegregation aspects at that time. And so um, that was a critical piece. Um, Putnam County had always been at the forefront. You know, there was credit for the present day Klan being born in Putnam County, but yet within this community, there was both a thriving black community as well as a thriving white community for lack of any other term. Mm -hmm. And so during the Harlem
0: Renaissance periods, you saw growth in both areas. Yeah. So again, I think some people did some really remarkable things at that time that we don't even realize and appreciate now. And our kids are going to school together and, you know, just living during that time, I really appreciate where we are now. We have a long ways to go. I understand that, but we've come a long ways. And I'm really proud of our County for, you know, stepping up and being a model for that. So, so as we close out today, any, any final thoughts or comments about black history month and just uh, anything that we haven't really talked about that you want to make sure audience hears about? I would like to close out by saying
2: thank you for recognizing the need to celebrate the different diversities of cultures that we have represented here in Putnam County. Having leaders that see the vision, that Mm -hmm. understands, it makes it that much more remarkable for us to come back and do the things that we do. It makes it easy for us to um, return home, work with our youth, and then have somebody who supports us as we do this. So thank you for being the visionary Um, three years ago, to say this is what we desire, this is what we need, and giving us the tools to make it happen. So I would like to say that. Thank, Thank you, you Justin. I
0: appreciate that. It means a lot as a as an entire community. Yeah, I absolutely. think it's really important.
1: And Any I other? have to agree with Mr. Campbell working here in Putnam County School District. I certainly appreciate all your support in allowing us to have our Black History event as well as our Hispanic Heritage on my event as well. So thank you so much for your support.
0: Thank you. And I, I can't wait to see each year getting better. So better. yeah, we might have to find a bigger place to have it. Right. right. <laughs> I'm not sure where that is. Might have to be on the football field or somewhere. But Carol, any final thoughts? I I got a couple. Um one very
3: um interesting black history fact that I, I want to share with you is as we talk about individuals who were impactful within the school district, is Willard Cooper. Johnny Brown, who was Mary Lawson Brown's um, husband, and also Dr. Long. They actually were the individuals credited with desegregating the golf course here in Palatka. Um, And so that was a a major accomplishment within, and Coach Cooper actually shared the story with me. But right now in Palatka, in Putnam County, uh, the city of Palatka has gotten funding from the state, uh, from an African-American heritage um, grant to create a Black History Museum. And that museum is going to be very instrumental in doing just what we're doing, we're talking about today. And so I think that there's an opportunity for there to be a partnership with the district um, and the city to be able to give that history to our community on a daily Mm -hmm. basis. um, Because a lot of it is going to stem right back to education. Mm -hmm. And I I think it's a critical piece to us learning um, where we come from and where we're going and to be able to instill pride within the community as a whole. This school district is doing something that many school districts are afraid to do, and that's to highlight African-American history. And I commend you uh, for your leadership on that, and I commend both of you for your efforts as well as the committee in making sure that our citizens and our students come together to learn about different cultures and communities, um, African-American history as well as Hispanic heritage, uh, and many more opportunities are going to, sprout out from this. But I think it's critical for us to know that you are cutting edge in this district as it relates to your efforts. Um, I've worked on something very similar in St. Johns County, Mm -hmm. but it's all all critical pieces to the puzzle to show the beauty of this community and how this community led Florida and the United States in so many ways when it came to diversity and inclusion. And so I think that's a critical piece to the whole thing. And I'm just excited to be a part A very small part of this journey and this effort, and I look forward to the expanding pieces of it as the years come. So again, thank you for your leadership. I appreciate
0: that, and I'm I'm very honored to have all three of you here. I really am, and um, I just can't wait to see the you know the the event coming up later this month. And um, I tell you what, there's no better place than Palaka. Palaka is one of the most giving places, but we give back to our children, and we want our children to have it better than we have it. So. Just an example of how uh, we come together and make that happen. So thank you again for being here. Thank you. And we'll see you at the next episode of our podcast. Thank you.